Do you ever find yourself yearning to look beyond the obvious and dreaming about what's possible in your next chapter? Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, former corporate executive who turned the page to become a best-selling author, entrepreneur, designer, and lifestyle business consultant. Episodes feature me and a kaleidoscope of guests who share their journeys with wit, candor, and humor, breathing life into real talks about things that matter most. I believe we all have a fire burning within us, waiting to be unleashed and shared with the world. It may just be a matter of time. So let's get together, turn the page, and get this adventure started. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissette, and today's guest is Mia Moran. She's an inspiring mentor for women who are balancing work, family, and their own wellness. Mia is a mom of three teenagers, God bless you. She's an entrepreneur and a coach who also makes time for family, wellness, and joy, and she hopes to empower about a million women to feel a deep sense of balance and ease. She's the host of her own podcast, Plain Simple Podcast, and she's the best-selling author of Plain Simple Meals and the creator of the flow planning method and planner and flow 365. Mia, welcome to the next chapter. Oh, thank you so much for having me here today. I was drawn to the energy around the planning. A lot of people just want to shoot from the hip and sometimes they frown on planner. I was working in the corporate environment. I had a physical planner as well as an electronic planner and my leader would come in. He says, oh my God, I can't believe you still have a planner. I'm like, why not? Why not? But this is the funniest thing though. He comes in, he's looking at my planner, it's color coded and he's using his iPad and he's feeling like he's all techie savvy. And then one day his iPad went kaboom. And he was trying to recall a meeting that we had and the context around that meeting. And he just had no clue. So I brought out my physical planner and I said, okay, that was in the month of October, right? Flip, 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 turn the pages. I said, oh, that was on the 13th. And this is the topic of that meeting. He's oh God, okay. I believe in planners. Now, Jeanette, I believe in planners. <laughs> so when did this all start for you in terms of your ideal thought process around getting balance and planning your life? Yeah, we're going to get into the method behind the planning I know as we get on because it's really important that you can do what we're going to talk about in actually in an electric planner or in a paper planner we'll get to the root of it which is really exciting but basically to take you back a little bit before we came on we were saying how recently my dad told me that I've always been a planner so I guess there's some aspect of me that's always been into it's less about planning and more about time I've always been obsessed with understanding how that works and feeling like something was off with how we were all thinking about things. And I was a person who always played inside the box, but like pushing toward the edges. And a lot of that had to do with like how I thought things should be accomplished. So that was the very beginning of it. But how I actually came into this was through a big food change, actually. So I had grown and scaled a graphic design company in my early 30s. I had already had my three kids while I was doing that. But at the time, they were all under the age of five. And I just had this day where I was like, what? on earth is happening. Like, I feel like I've checked off all the boxes. I feel like I should be really happy. I have three beautiful kids. I have a husband. We have a apartment that we own. Like I've built this company, all the things. There should be no reason for me to have any sadness. And yet I just had this sense of there's more. 
And I remember thinking that I remember feeling really bad about that. And then I remember just looking across my desk and I think it was like 3pm and I had started to get in this rhythm of one of the first ways I bent time was, was like, first of all, nobody needs to freaking work 40 hours a week. That doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I can definitely get done in 30 what I used to get done in 40. So I was playing with that. And so three was close to the time where I was going to go home and transition from a work person to a mom person. And I just noticed that I had seven cups of coffee <laughs> since I had arrived at work and they were stacked in beautiful Starbucks cups. So not only had I had the coffee, I had found the energy to go to Starbucks to buy the coffee in this time. And what I was feeling, I think in the moment was just really tired. How could I be this tired and had this much coffee? Because if they tell you anything about coffee, it's that it gives you energy. I was like, something's got to shift. And for me, the thing that was most tangible and all that somehow was food. I had always had not the best relationship with food, but I had a feeling that there was more. And so at the time, my baby was was probably six months. Mm -hmm. And I had about 80 pounds on me that I had not had prior to having kids. They had just built over the course of three children. It was like the baggage of the three children. And so this was what I set out to do. And I just remember being really firm in that moment that I'm deciding that this is what's happening. It feels really good inside. The second I had decided and it felt really good inside. The next moment was like, I have no idea how to do this. I remember the moment of being like, this is it. I decided. And so one thing led to another and I went to a yoga class and I changed my food and I did all these things and the weight dropped off. It all went really well. In the midst of my journey, I met someone who gave me this little like rip off calendar thing. Yes. And so one <laughs> of the tactics that I did every day was it had these really cool quotes on the front that were all by amazing women. And I would read the quote and then I would turn it over and I would write what I was wanting, the life in the present tense, like the life that I was stepping into. And then I would write three things that were going to get me there that day, three things I could do. And I did that every day, starting from the first day of this journey. I didn't really think much of it at the time, actually. So this food journey led to me interviewing a bunch of food people, a bunch of parenting people. Once I realized the food people all raised kids who didn't eat well, and I couldn't figure that one out. And it led to me writing this book called Plan Simple Meals. And I took my kids out of school for a year and I went on this book tour and I met thousands of women who all wanted to hear about food. And some of these audiences, literally, I kid you not, I would be in California with these women who certainly knew more. They've been having kale for far more many years than I had. <laughs> what are they doing here? Why are they listening to me? And conversation after conversation and having this thought, oh, it's not about the kale, which is what I wrote the book about. It's about the fact that they don't think that they have the time to go shopping and make the food and do the things. And so that really got me into practicing this method of showing up to all these things, getting myself healthy, writing the book, going on a book tour with my three kids for a year, which sounds insane even when I say it right now, but it was very fun. Like all these things were based on this little piece of paper I was using and ripping it out and writing these three things on the back. And then I showed up to all these people who couldn't find time for their health. And so that was really what started the flow planning method. It was what really got me into time and getting curious about a lot, but really about that story that I think women get fed that we really have to choose, right? So if you have a kid, great, but then you now choose between your kid or, or your work or your career, right? Or then it's okay, great. You've chosen your career. Now let's choose 
choose whether you're going to really do your career well or whether you're going to stay healthy. It's like we're always being asked to choose. And I just had this sense that we could figure it all out. It's just we haven't had to do it before. It's we're living in a new way. And that's good stuff because it's a fertile ground for a lot of conversation. First of all, they say women who either are business owners or perhaps work in corporate America or maybe in some major corporation in a leadership position can't have it all. There's something that is sacrificed. You hear that a lot. And then the whole concept around eating food that serves you well, it takes too long to prepare. You don't have enough time to do X, Y, and Z. I hear that a lot. Okay. And then of course, the balancing of the family piece, you have these children and you owe it to them to pay attention to them. Didn't you have them? Okay. So therefore, if you're doing that, then that means that's taking time away from time perhaps focused on yourself. So this whole concept of having it all has been blurred. You said something about value. You have to figure out what you value and what that means. Having it all, what does that mean? So let me ask you the question. What does that mean to you? I think that's the most important thing that I have come across. I didn't invent this, but one of the most important things that I found and have really seen as important to women is in that whole concept of we're always looking for the perfect planner, the perfect, whatever, the perfect system to do this. But often all those things we're putting into it, all the things that are just coming at us from the outside. And I think the thing that's most important, I serve women, but I just think this is coming from the more feminine perspective versus the masculine perspective perspective, which is where a lot of planning comes from, the thought of planning comes from, is coming from the inside out. I just think we intuitively know a lot of what we need to do. And that's not always what shows up in our calendars. So part of that is values. Like part of that is knowing what your values are. And that's how you decide what's going in there, what you're doing for that day. So I think that's the first step of our process. (laughs) But yeah, being in alignment, not taking in the noise. And if you do find out about something because it's in a magazine, or it's the way your family's always done it, or it's what your boss wants. Certainly those things can show up in your days, but they're coming because you had this internal knowing that was what's next. I'm not talking about every little meeting, but the big things, like the things that matter, the things that create that balance for us. They come from the inside. They come from our values. Absolutely. I recall that you talked about being selective. I'm just saying there's a lot of information that's flowing at us. And we have to determine when and what part of that information we want to spend our time engaging with. So we can get all hyped up about the fear of something that might happen in the future. You talked about this on one of the podcasts or be more focused in the now. You can be very fearful of the future. It's what comes first, the chicken or the egg, because I think part of what we have to make time for in these calendars of ours is just quiet is not listening to noise. When I say that, I think sometimes people always think meditation. Can you have an hour where there's no input? That's a choice. Wouldn't you agree that's a choice though, in terms of lifestyle or habit? Because there's some people who have to turn their phones on the moment they get out of bed. They've got to turn the TV on. I agree. It's totally a choice. But I also think while you're getting input, or if you don't have a way to clear input that you've gotten from your system, it's really hard to make choices that are from the inside versus from the outside noise. It's just really hard. And we live in this world. I know that even 20 years ago, there was just more 
quiet built in. And it's where the world is moving so quickly. It's like the opposite right now. It's like, it's our job to find it. So there's that piece of finding it. And there's that piece of when you can find that, when you can have that. We just know, we're just wired to know. And I think that follow through comes from some sense of certainty or conviction around knowing that what you decided is what you want. And so those quiet moments are just so important to that. And and it's like, we could even have the same outcome. So for me, planning isn't only calendaring. So let's just say that no matter what, I'm going to write a book and it's going to come out on some certain date, right? That's going to happen. I could create all the steps for that from a very stressed out energy and I could put them in my calendar and it would be a whole different set of steps than if I just took 10 minutes to calm down my nervous system, get excited about the book, understand anything's possible and then plan and then make my list. It's the same outcome. I might do the book in both situations. One way is going to be a lot more enjoyable and feel a lot better and not create overwhelm along the way as much because I've thought of the things from a less overwhelmed state. That's very interesting. Very interesting. And so subtle. Yeah, it's very subtle, which is the feminine. I think the feminine is subtle. Yeah, that makes sense to me in actuality more than I can say at the moment. It it makes a lot of sense. So with that said, in your life that you're leading right now around the flow, I asked you earlier if flow was an acronym for something. Would you mind sharing that with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. It's become a lot of things over time, but it started off, it stands for F-L-O-W. So the F is for food and wellness. The L is for lifestyle. The O is for OM, which for us is like self-care, spirituality, like whatever you want to take, but I needed an O. And the W is for work. So I find that when we're thinking of all the different things, and I know that many people think of 10-pronged wheels and 12-pronged wheels of all the different areas of our life, but I found that if you can really think in those four, make sure that you're always tending to each of those. That's how we create this notion of balance. That's good. That's good stuff. And what it reminds me of is my calendar and how I plan out my days and my weeks in terms of the balance that you're talking about. And I assign colors to the activity. And I can look at a week where if it's a lot of red, a lot of green, but no purple. Purple is the color of self-care for me. Yes. Look and I'll look and I say, oh, I have one day this week, girl. Yeah, you got to do better than that. So I can visually see. where I love that. So good. So that makes a lot of sense to me. And I do, even if it's it's something like a massage, self-care. I had Thai massage on Saturday. It was the best massage I ever had in my life. Okay. Loved it. But it could be just a moment in time, just a moment in time to spend unencumbered by anything else except for myself and my thoughts. And I just basically said, this is the time that I'd like to be quiet. I don't necessarily have to do anything. I think that's the secret is that, yes, it's so great to go get massages and have our nails done and have our hair how we want it. Like all of that self-care that we've been conditioned to self-care, but self-care can also be super basic. And I feel like so often, especially in women's lives, I think so often as we're shifting, like we go through all these different transitions, right? So whether it's a work transition or we've had a kid or we're going through a hormonal transition, there's just so many transitions. And so we let go of those bigger self-care pieces. And then we forget that self-care always needs to be there. It can be so basic. 
and it just can be quiet and you can learn things to do in the quiet. You can learn to breathe. You can learn to stretch. Like you can learn to do things that really serve you, but also you can just be quiet. And I think we're always trying to fill space. What you just said. Yeah. You just said, because there's an achievement drive that many of us have and sometimes feel that we have to always be striving to accomplish something by a certain time. I have some sort of result to the time. I have a trick for that one in the electronic calendar. So I knew that. And I kept saying, can you all just like remember to create some white space? And then I was like, but actually logistically in both the paper planner and an electronic calendar, it's hard to create white space logistically. So I started creating gold space and I literally time block that into my Google calendar. I also have a paper planner, but time block that into my Google calendar every week so that I can look at it At first, I had to trick my brain a little bit and be like, okay, I'm going to (laughs) achieve. I'm going to achieve some gold space. (laughs) But it's nerve wracking at first. I want to say that to anyone who feels that they're very busy and that there's no space. When you start creating bits of space, it can actually be like really unnerving within your nervous system because it's not what we're used to, right? Like we're used to busying ourselves as a buffer to not have to feel things. So then when we're in this space of quiet, all of a sudden we have to feel all the things that we've been too busy to feel for however long it's been. And so it can be a little bit unsettling and not feel so great at the beginning. But with practice, it really, I think, is it's the most time bending tool there is because those little whispers that you get when you just slow down long enough to get them, like they save hours, months, years of in the push, like the ideas that we just don't get that don't move fast enough. It's like they come in those moments. Let's talk about the time bending. You've mentioned that before. What's your interpretation of that? And how do you actually apply that to your situation or your reality? It's hard to explain or even understand. I think before, I'll just say before, when I was in very linear time and overwhelmed, I just understood how things added up and how not the right things were happening. But I was busy all the time, so it didn't make sense. I was so busy. And then my husband at the end of the day would say, how was your day? What'd you do? And I would feel like I literally couldn't do one more thing. Sometimes I would just burst out into tears because I had nothing really of value to tell him about what I did. But I had been this the whole day. So I was like, what is happening? Whereas I feel like when we do create this space and it feels like we're not doing things, I don't even know what happens, but it's like, we just are getting these answers. And to me, that is time bending because then instead of maybe I'll sit quietly for an hour in the morning with my tea. Sometimes I have formal meditation in that, but I'm just not in my inbox. I'm not on my phone yet. I, sometimes I don't even want to talk to my kids or my husband. I'm just trying to be centered. I've in the five minutes gotten all the chapters for a book, right? Or I can go sit for four weeks and just stare at this piece of paper and keep moving things around and keep trying and keep working at it, but it's not quite right. And then it's four weeks. So it's five minutes or four weeks. And to me, that's kind of time bending. I get it. Well, it's interesting that you should say that about sometimes you're in the moment and you'd like it to be your moment, not certainly everyone. <laughs> yeah. There's other people besides me who feel that way, all honesty. Absolutely. So in your flow 365, everything I do is in 90 day chunks. Because here's the thing that I have 
come to understand. A year, which I feel was a system we created, but it's been hallmarkized, right? And it has a lot of meaning. But the thing about that time frame of a year, I think especially for women, for anyone in the family, child age, when there's school and then there's summer, but then also things happen in a year. Like members get sick or jobs get switched. And a year is just like this really hard amount of time, I think, to really fully understand like all the different things that could happen and so really understand what you're capable of. And I think a lot of times, and I find women in particular think small when they're thinking about a year. And then they go about their days and just get lost in the overwhelm. So what I love is thinking about five years from now, if that feels like a freeing number to you or somewhere between five and 10, everybody can pick their own number, but five years in the future, not 50, but like five to 10. And I feel like that's enough space where anything's possible. You could lose the weight, get the new job, write the book. You could do all the things, right? In five years, you can really see it. You can move to a new beautiful house, like just more possible possibility opens up in that time frame. Whereas I think in a year, we have a little bit of constrained thinking. And then what I love doing is I feel like everyone can get the vibe, their vibe for the next 90 days. And sometimes that has to do with literally the weather outside, right? Sometimes it has to do with like it's winter or it's summer. Let's say I keep going to writing a book. I don't know why this keeps being my example, but (laughs) let's say that we're going to write a book. There's many steps to that, right? So maybe I need to get a publisher. I need to write the book. Maybe I have to build an audience. In my winter season, I can tell you that I really want to be alone in the winter. Like I'm a little bit more cocoony. So for me, that's like a very creative time. It might be a good time to write. In the summer, I'm all over the place. And that might be a better time to connect with other people. So when we start to look at 90 day seasons, we can just be like real about how we're showing up in that season. Let's say we have to get like surgery or something. Like there's different things. Again, within 90 days, we can really figure out how we can move something forward within that structure. Whereas I think when we're left to a year, it's, oh, it can wait. Like we don't need to move it forward right now. Whereas in 90 days, you can see how you can move it forward. So you do, you're more likely to. So I'm always thinking like that. And I used to always say, and we prove this true all the time that really a woman can get done a year's worth of stuff in 90 days quite easily. But it also gives us the opportunity to practice that being energy and the permission to do that for 90 days. So it's not always about accomplishing the most. It's more about We can really figure out what it's like to be aligned in 90 days in a way that it's harder to do in the construct of a whole year. That's interesting that you should say that because when you say a year, it's the opposite for me. I think that I have to accomplish it by that time if I'm going to have any measure of success, let's just say, in whatever it is. Now, it would be counterintuitive to think that 90 days, a less amount of time, wouldn't be a sense of urgency, but it just seems more manageable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you can lean in a way and you can get clarity in a way that I think you can't in a year just because a year is just hard to understand. It's hard to map out 12 months and know that like in the seventh month, the days are actually going to look like you think they might look now. In our planner, it's not dated. So you can start whenever you want. But one of the things that we do in our program is that the 90 days don't start on a traditional quarter. We try to bridge it. So one of our 90 day seasons is from October to the end of January. We're about to start a new one in a week. That's just because then you're planning for the transition. And I think a lot of times we're showing up to the things and then we forget what happens when things transition. And then we get out of our health habits and we get out of our home habits and it's harder to get back into projects. And so I think when we plan for the obstacle, which for many of us is transitions, um, 
it's really helpful. So the message in that is that there's no perfect time to start. In fact, the less perfect of a time you start, probably the more you get out of planning for 90 days, because you really have to look at all the obstacles that might come up. It certainly is a concept. Let me ask you this question, though. How has this approach impacted your family in terms of how they think about time and how they think about planning and organization? Interesting question. I have literally never been asked that question in all the millions of questions. And I love that question. So I think that the biggest thing is that they're aware that the structure allows them the freedom to really move. I think that's like the biggest lesson and the way that it comes in the most when we're in our family and I have teenagers now. So, you know, they're all doing their own planning and every once in a while they'll throw out a nugget and I'm like, that was from me. And they're like, no, it's not. That's from YouTube. Like, great. (laughs) Grab for some credit. But the dinner table is where I feel like they most saw the planning. One of my kids had not such a great year. The first year of COVID, it was really hard. And the consistency of what we had created around dinner and evenings was so grounding. It was so healing. And so I knew that when they were little, it made a lot of sense to me when they were little. I wasn't sure why we were still doing it, even though it was really an important part of my own structure to have my work day how I wanted it to be. But I saw how calming it was for them to see they were living within my plan. And yeah, that's the part that I think is most tangible to them. I also think that overwhelm comes to anybody around me, but my kids are mostly the ones around me. I'm like, just map it out. And one of the things that a really important part of the flow planning process is we're starting with this centered vision piece, and then we're making choices And then we're deciding in the choices. And a lot of times when we're deciding how that comes out is in to-do list form, like when we're normally writing a to-do list. But the next step is to get it into time. And I think that's something that a lot of times women leave out. And sometimes we will do it for work, but then meal plans and exercise and kids stuff will stay in list form. And the truth is that we all only have the same 24 hours. So it really becomes about how you choose to use it. And I find that when you write a list and you get all the things out of your head and pretty much everything that comes out of your head, except for maybe I wish that someday I could go to Italy. That doesn't sound very tangible, but even I think I'm going to go to Spain in 2025, that could go in your calendar. So all these things that are in our head, like the home projects or whatever, like we have to make the time for them. I think it's just really hard for our brain to understand what we can fit and what we can't fit. And we think everything's urgent. We think everything has to be done tomorrow. But the second you really look at it and you really map it out and you see when things actually have to be done, it's calming because the thing that's creating overwhelm is not only the thing that we think, I'm going to use my kids now as an example, is the the two papers that are due tomorrow, but we're also bringing in the paper and the test that are 10 days from now. And we're bringing them into one set of overwhelm. But really all we need to look at is the two things that are tomorrow and the next day. Exactly. It's like a gender creep. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I can relate to that because I've got some projects that in my mind, they would take a long period of time. And then when I shake myself out of that kind of mindset and I realize that spend 20 minutes, you got 20 minutes, see what you can get done in 20 minutes towards the completion of that project. And every time I do that, I'm happy with myself. Yeah. And that's a really good point because I hear from a lot of people very often that they don't have time to plan and that they'll come back to me when they do. And I'm like, okay, but that doesn't quite make sense because you need to find the time. I think how our brains work is when we have all those thoughts, like they take time. They take so much more time than we understand because you might think you're sitting at your computer doing your 
email, but meanwhile, you're thinking like, oh, I'm so stressed. And if we just sat down for 10 minutes, then we could just be like, oh, that's taken care of. It's on the piece of paper and I'm back to work. And we spend a lot of time doing that. If anyone listening measured it, my guess is it would be like hours every week. You're feeling stressed about feeling stressed. Exactly. Feeling stressed about feeling stressed. And it's hard in this world because so many things have been manufactured to make us feel out of control. And it's the trick of the phones that we carry around, right? It's like the trick of our inboxes. It's the trick of so many things right now is to make it feel like you can't avoid those things, but we can just takes work. So what's next? What's next for you? What's going on in your world? Yeah, two things. I love this program we've created for a year. I love the results that people are getting people who stay in for three and four years, because once you realize the benefits of not having to do it all yourself, I'm excited to write the next book. That is something that comes up in my five-year vision quite often. And each 90 days, different things pop in. But yeah, it's just really about being in service to as many women as possible to do that flip-flop thing and find support for the unfolding of their lives. Really excited. You should be. I know the book will be written. The book is already written in that vision. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Here's the thing. This is kind of tickling me is that I talk to a lot of people in the podcast platform and some have answered that question of what's next and they say yeah I really want to write a book you were like oh I'm excited about that completely different response definitely there's a book I do think that I did have a big career switch when I got into this so I feel like maybe there's something different but I feel like I found my thing which is really cool and very different from how I started and I'm excited very cool so how would you like people to reach out to you Yeah. First of all, we have a podcast as well. So if you're listening here, you might like listening there. So it's called the Plan Simple Podcast. We hope to have Jeanette on someday too. (laughs) We have lots of great guests. And then second best way, I think, is if you go to our website, plansimple.com, at the top, there's a free course. And the free course takes you through the mix between an ebook and an audiobook that has planning sheets. It's the grown up version of that little piece of paper that I shared at the beginning that really helped me pull off some goals that I really didn't think were possible for me. And so that is a great way to get into our world and understand the process and start practicing it. I certainly appreciate you making time for me today. Oh, so fun. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's really been a joy to connect with you. I greatly appreciate you and the work that you're doing. I'm looking forward to reconnecting with you sometime in the near future. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Wissett at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning. <laughs>